Welcome to the DKM episode 53, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's just going to be Daniel and I today. Uh, Kenny's feeling under the weather, and uh, so is his significant other. So please put them in your in your thoughts and in your hearts. Please uh, send good wishes to him, and well, we 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 hope he feels better. Uh, my only concern is is that Kenny's been getting sick a lot recently. And that's always been a weird thing. Kenny's always been much like myself. Like, we don't get sick whatsoever. So it's kind of a concern. But, yeah, uh, this is a good example on, ladies and gentlemen, that y'all need to uh, eat your vitamins and your minerals and get plenty of sunlight. Stay healthy. Yeah, I'm basically avoiding all that. I'm basically uh, depending on this uh, new thing called uh, the old... Uh, the old blood, you know, it's a little, little blood transfusion you take, you know, you get feeling great, man. Um, I have this, sometimes I get a little bit beastly, but uh, I think I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I was about to say, buddy, uh, you need to stop worrying about the old blood and start worrying about the eyes on the inside, dude. Oh, yeah, man, those are great. I love it. I'm starting to see, like, all these different dimensions and shit like that. My, my head hurts. You know, I will say... Uh, Bloodborne Demake is coming out soon, and a lot of hype has been around that. But a lot of people seem to f- like realize that hey, why can't more g- like games be like this? Because especially if you grew up in the era of the PS1, PS2 genre style of games, where the sprites look very specific, uh, uh, with with regards to the era in which it came out. I mean, there's some things about the Smash 64 that I still find it superior than its um, more modern counterparts. Because like when you get hit with an electric attack in in the Super Smash Bros. for the 64, uh, you see the um, almost like an X-ray view of the player's skeleton. And I always thought that was cool. Stuff like that. Those little sprites that add that add details, that add an oomph to certain moves. Doesn't Ness still have that though whenever he gets shocked? I think so, but I I in N sixty four everyone had it. Well yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But like stuff like that I've always enjoyed. Uh which is why I'm why I always say, hey, if you're gonna get into the Dark Souls series, play Bloodborne if you can, because it's one of the it, it's, it's an amazing game. It's a perfect game, honestly. Yeah, but you know, you have to buy a whole console for that. You know? That's true. That's true. Uh, you know, speaking about buying a whole console just to play one specific game, I was looking more into the whole uh, piracy thing and the is it really bad to to emulate a game? And honestly. I can see the the legal argument for it and the ethical arguments for it, but the more I think about it is like, hey, Daniel, Kenny wants to become a game dev. Let's just say he does become a game dev at Bungie or at 343, and that is his dream, and he, and he helps create a game um, that was it's a great game, and it's amazing. 40 years down the line, someone wants to play that, that game, but it's not being sold anywhere. You think Kenny... Or let's just say you, you would be in Kenny's shoes. You think you as a game dev would be upset about the idea of your games being emulated? I would think not. It's just the no. corporations just love throwing, you know. Because even at the end of the day, the developer is probably not even going to make money even when the game comes out. Assuming, you know, because it's very rare that a developer makes a bonus or anything like that. And even how well the game is. Usually... Uh, game developers do not make a, a royalty off of the sales of their game. So when the game is no longer in the market, it just it just kind of sits there. I mean, I could give you a really good example, actually, where a developer went above and beyond where, you know, the game Sonic 3D Blast, right, for the Genesis? Right. The original developer of that game went out of his way to do a director's cut of that game that included features to make the game better. And to, uh, like, enable, like, supersonic, a level select, a map feature, a radar. Like, all out of his own time, he just added that on his own because he just felt like mm-hmm. it. So, to him, I, I, I don't think it really bothers that if, like... that. And to be mine, though, I think uh, 3D Blast is still in some Genesis Collection games. I don't think it's in the newer ones, but it was definitely on the previous Genesis Collection games. And... Um, yeah, that that's like a good example. It's like you know, I think a developer would just be fine if you're able to enjoy their game, 
um, whether it's you know through legal reason through legal ways or through emulation because it's just no longer being sold it's a very it's a very ethical question i guess because honestly if it doesn't bother you then you're gonna go right at it if you want to support the devs then sure but like will buying a game because i was listening to our podcast our last or the last podcast we recorded and Kenny was talking about him supporting the game devs by buying things. And I started to think about it. And you brought up the point, which I wanted to hit on, that you buying the game doesn't really uh, benefit the devs in any way because you're just de- helping the the whatever publishing corporation is in charge of putting the game out there. And obviously, they have to pay out royalties to the to the devs, not the devs, the devs themselves, but the company that has the devs and that's what i wanted to like like really ask about that like obviously the game devs some of them get a um an an incentive to to do better because when you do like hey we'll give you bonuses and if we give you bonuses uh we'll give you bonuses based on if the game does good uh like if it breaks a certain milestone we i think we could talk about like a good example is fallout uh new vegas like that was a good example and some people have misconstrued it into believing that, um, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. The guys who made New Vegas, what was their name Obsidian. again? Obsidian. Obsidian, yeah. There, there was like this, you know, thing that was being passed around for years of people saying they're like, oh, Obsidian has a bad uh, connection with Bethesda because they were promised a bonus. And it's like, man, they never like told us the bonus up front. Like that was a thing later. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, we would have liked the bonus, but it was never like, they put that again above our heads, you know what I'm saying? Mm. They didn't. Was it CD Projekt Red that had promised bonuses or pushing the idea of bonuses when it came to um, Cyberpunk? I don't know anything about it, honestly. Though I, I have completely given up following up on that game at all. Like that game is a, is a faint memory. I could have sworn something like that was uh, at least discussed. All I know is, is that I I like the idea of supporting. A company supporting a um uh, a studio but like will you be supporting certain game devs because obviously i would love to support game devs in any way i can obviously i hate the idea of crunch time being a thing you know people working easily 80 hours a week just to meet deadlines that management says that hey you we need to get this through or else uh i'm gonna get not in trouble normally in these cases the manager is like hey um uh, they get told by their bosses saying, "Hey, we want this in this certain time frame." And when they don't meet that expectation, they like they wag their finger at them and says, "That's that's pretty bad on you." And then obviously the management gets embarrassed, and the manager goes, uh, puts, "Puts a bit of the frustrations on the on his team." So stuff like that really affects management because now it affects their or their bonuses, their promotion chances, and crunch time is something that obviously you want to have to meet your quotas. So. The more I think about it, I'm like, d- does really buying a game, like the, a special edition of a game, really help the devs in any way? Maybe the studio, perhaps the studio, right? But the devs themselves, like, and I started asking myself, like, like I, I guess I started convincing more and more myself about, like, emulation isn't so bad, but whatever. But, uh... But the more I think about it, honestly, like, hey, I should buy it nonetheless because I'm pretty sure a dev would hate to see their game pirated because it's it, – especially if the game just came out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm we're, I'm talking about more like games that are just no longer being sold in the market. Yeah, That's definitely. That's what I'm, I'm definitely. talking about. But, um, yeah. Uh, Marcos, actually, I wanted to ask you something that's been kind of in my head. Yeah. Um, when do you feel like, by your own definition, do you feel like you've – made it like you made a you hit a status in your life where you're no longer nothing else really matters mm. uh, i think there's different tiers of this because obviously i think the top tier of it is having fu money where you have enough money yeah. where you just don't care yeah most people would fall back immediately the money i think like generational wealth or or like being being able to not worry about anything but i'm just like wondering like where do you where do you fall under that says like okay where do you want to be in you know what i'm saying right i get it um obviously money is people say that money isn't the key to happiness but damn does it help you know especially if you're in an impoverished situation you've always been in a situation where you lived at the poverty line or right above it that money does help with 
the whole idea of happiness. But where I see it as, like, where I've made it, um, I feel like if we're not counting money, uh, a good, uh, good money, a good, uh, uh, 401k, a good job or anything, I feel like that I can benefit being happy. My mental well-being is great. And those around me are just the same way. Um, how you get there is a, it's, 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 it's a different discussion because this can branch into different things like the kind of job you pick, the kind of schooling you pick, the kind of, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, education, the, uh, heck, even the type of political system that, that you, that you're in because you want yourself to benefit as an individual, but also collectively, you want your your neighbors, your friends, your families to also benefit as well. So where I see myself, where I set the bar for myself is if I were to lose most of what I have now, will I still be happy? Will I still be mentally OK? Like I've met plenty of homeless people who aren't mentally ill, who are just homeless because they don't want to work and they don't want to. Uh, they just like the idea of just living on their own and they're happy. I've met these people. They're, they're clinically not crazy and they're just fine they just don't want to work and that's it and these guys are happy i'm not saying that they have a bad life or great life i'm just saying that they themselves are happy at this point sure they might have some health issues here they might have some um like when a hurricane comes through where do they go you know stuff like that like different things or like when a random storm just comes by like where where do they go obviously there's some inconveniences here and there but I think where I see the line is uh, I'm comfortable. I don't have to worry about like oh, my next paycheck or I don't have to worry about rent or I got to worry about uh, like my mental health. Usually stuff like that is where I usually where I feel like I made it and I feel like I'm almost there. But I feel like this question is really tied down with money. Like you can't yeah, escape of course. it. It definitely is a money thing because like there, it's just one of those things about life that you can't avoid unless you're going to live like a nomad in the woods or something like that. And, you know, you don't have to worry about consumer goods or having to pay for anything. I, I could understand that. But I guess I'm coming at this from an angle of a six of someone who's like an entertainer on the Internet or a content creator. Um, I was watching this doc, the, the documentary, I would say more like a video. And I've always hated, you know, like. I've never been a big fan of of uh, these kinds of people on the internet or just in general where they'll come up to you like there's a terminology called like uh, view count Andes, right? Yeah. Where these fucking people will bit get in your chat to say, hey, man, you got 12 less viewers than you were to the other day. Right. You must be falling off. You, you know, you dropped off. You died or something like that. And I, I just look at that and be like, man, like. Do you guys not get it? Like, are you guys like really that out of touch? And when people say. Like, oh, you've fallen off. You're not not as you used to be. You're not as big as you used to be. You're washed up. Da 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 da. And all I could think of is, if man, if I'm in a position like that in the first place, I would be able to just live my life over a bunch of times over. Like I always get really annoyed, and I, I hate to sound like I'm slobbing on his knob, but I always never like the idea that people say like, oh, Ninja fell off. His viewership is declining. This, this, and that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, the guy has secured the bag like five times over. He's already gonna be running victory laps before you guys even hit your thirties at this point. That's you true. Know? That's true. And and I just, I don't know, I just look at all that stuff and, like, when people want to shit talk on him and shit talk on other streamers and things like that and they want to be like, oh, you've fallen off, you've done this and that, it's like, dude, I don't think it really matters at this point because the guy, unless he does something absolutely ridiculous, like, I've always been <laughs> an illegal or, like, something that completely strides up his resources and finances and whatever, I mean... It's just not feasible. Like, I've always been fascinated with, like, musicians or, like, celebrities that were, like, really big. And either they get hooked on drugs, they start getting into some illegal shit, their lives start going out, you know, out of control. And then they, you know, you go from living in one of the hill, living up on one of the houses in the hills of Beverly Hills to all of a sudden sleeping on the floor in, in your sister's apartment, you know? Like, that's, like, an example. Be like, oh, shit, like, something, you know, horribly happened. Like, there's something going on here. But... A lot of these guys, assuming that they got everything set and, you know, they got all their, their you know, businesses set set for, I highly doubt these people are going to be getting hungry anytime soon, you know? And I think what my, my – the thing that really fascinates me, is, especially going back with the ninja thing, right, is that I had this thought, right? Have you noticed that, like, whenever a YouTuber tries to break out into, like, the mainstream, it usually leads into music? 
Like, have you noticed that everyone starts having like a rap album, a diss track, or things like that? Because music is very repe- uh, repeatable. It's very, um, it's easily to to rewatch them. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I thought about this the other day. Is like, you know what? Like, generally speaking, like internet celebrities is still kind of like a new thing. You know, like even though I could safely say from the early 2000s and stuff, you know, when video, you know, like, it's so crazy to me to this day. I think about like how much money is in the gaming industry, um, th- like in just in sense of competing and streaming and 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 viewership and just promotion and stuff like that. When this hobby originally was just like super small, super tight knit, you were only big on ostracized in vid- many in many circles too. Like, oh, this guy plays video games now. Like, ugh, let's get away from him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's just what's so crazy to me is that like you got now streamers who are net worth are about millions and millions of dollars, and a lot of these people are smarter. They start getting into businesses and things like that. And what I'm getting at with this is that why you think like so many content creators have to take those sponsorships, they have to get signed up with all these companies, they have to you know put a brand out, they have to go do that because that is a long term. Uh, business that you could succeed because you know you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and i think that that's just really interesting is that like why so many people don't just only want to be famous on the internet they got to be famous to the normies essentially they got to go on jimmy fallon they got to go promote this they got to go do do sponsorships they got to go sign up with nike and things like that and it's just because that's sort of a sense of um of permanence you know they want to have a legacy because generally speaking marcos i think internet careers are super fleeting you could be the biggest fucking thing for a year straight and then within the next year another person could overtake you and you'll be just forgotten or thrown to the side um i think with gaming that's arguable i guess uh i agree with a good amount of points you had but when it comes to the whole uh they keep chasing the bag they keep trying to get bigger well of course you want to get bigger you want to promote your your thing, your brand or whatever, because eventually maybe you have a dream. I'm not saying everyone has this, but let's let's just say uh, you, Daniel, have a dream of um, not only getting enough money to have a few money, but you can start a a group. You can start some sort of gaming house, like what they have, you know, where where a whole bunch of streamers and 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 whatnot come oh together. Oh God, fuck that! No, no, but he, hear me out. It's no. not a house per se, but it's 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 a group. And these are the people you're like, hey. No, it's a bunker, guys. It's a fucking bunker. Uh, we're going to be playing the Fortnite when the apocalypse happens. Basically. So it's it's a group. And we're drinking G Fuel. No water. Just G Fuel. That's all together. And you guys are just like, these are your close friends, right? So you've mm-hmm. made it big. You, you've you hit whatever goal you wanted to hit and then some. So you said, hey, I'm going to start um, uh, your, your own gaming group called abc games right and this abc games is all of your friends because they also want a chance to make it big not just big but i wouldn't say big but make it so that that they get a healthy amount of income coming in uh that being said yeah i know right so let's just say you're one of those well i'm pretty sure at that point you feel like you've made it twice one where you have your money and then one where you're making sure your homies make it so I, I, which is why I think like there's different tiers to it. Obviously, um, like there's a tier where you got to secure your own bag, and then the next tier I think from that is either make sure like you, you make sure that the bag maintains that way, and then the next er, or uh, you continue on and make sure that bag helps other people make it. You know what I mean? So Ninja obviously he does he stops caring about his whole his viewership count. He doesn't care as much because obviously, when you think of streaming, everyone still talks about Ninja. Even normies do. Of course, you want to hit the normie market. Like anyone. I was just, you know, it's funny too. I was just thinking about how, like, I was walking out of a clinic the other day and there was a kid wearing a Ninja shirt. Right. Just merchandise like that. And that's crazy to me. Like, how often do you see you know merchandise of your favorite content creator out in the public? Right. Not counting the convention, knowing that that person's going to be there. Right. I think that's that's like the where you want to hit because like uh here's, here's a better example let's just say you are a um content creator in the uk you want to make sure that your content reaches america and gets popular in america because america has 330 million people and that's a market that you want to be a part of 
one of the good reasons why um, uh, PewDiePie got famous is because he got famous in America. And America basically bolstered his numbers. And you, given how the YouTube algorithm works, uh, he was able to establish a, a dominance in the early YouTube. So, heck, even now. So, I'm not saying it's because of America and the way he marketed himself. It's just because, obviously, he spoke English and... Uh, one of the biggest consumer of media is well Americans. Uh, PewDiePie did rather well. So if you are outside of the U.S., you want to hit the the American the American audience hard because they're the ones who get you popular. Um, hence what's a good example that uh, a lot of artists, a lot of music, tends to tend to copy uh like hip hop here in America, uh because that's mm -hmm. exactly what the world thinks it's culturally popular i guess because america does it so uh and they find it cool so if i do it it should be the same thing right so uh when it comes to content creation as a whole i feel like uh once you secured that bag once you secured like a, a safety net for yourself what else do you want from uh yourself from your from your brand because i know i know of some channels some podcasts that uh, I'm pretty sure you've heard this of, uh, of of some YouTubers. Like, if if all of my subscribers just gave me one dollar, this would be my uh, on my Patreon. This would be my full time job, and I will never have to work ever again, except YouTube. So there are some podcasts where literally their 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 fan base most I wouldn't say most, but like half of their fan base donates like a dollar, and these guys are millionaires, and they don't have millions and millions of views. Like uh, like most of these bigger channels do on Twitch, they just have a small set of really loyal groups. And that being said, they're successful financially speaking only because a fat portion of their of their uh, of their fan base is loyal enough to give them money. So imagine you have five thousand subscribers on Patreon, I'll give you one dollar. You're making five k a month. That's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to make a good amount of money just doing that. Uh, so I feel like, well, not factoring taxes, remember? Well, obviously, but this is just, this is just, uh, this is say in this hypothetical, they're making a five grand, five K a month. Right. And that being said, like you can have people who are, who have millions of subscribers, but only like only a thousand people subscribe to their Patreon. You know, it, it, it's a lot of push and pull. It's a lot of like wondering what you can do and how loyal you can get your fan base to be to you. So I think if it, it depends on the type of person you are, because if you want to be successful, you you could think about oh, I want to be like the Logan Pauls, the Logan Pauls and the Jack Pauls of the world. I want to be uh, uh, a streamer like Ninja, who's who's on New Year's Eve celebrations on on New York Times Square. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that was that was fun. That was kind of yikes. That was kind of ugh. Hey, man. <laughs> you know he was he was just you know he just couldn't do it. I mean like I, I had a coworker try to do the floss in front of me and I vomited in front of her you know she tried her best but you know sometimes you just can't commit war crimes in public just can't do that to take the just, day off i wouldn't blame it i wouldn't blame uh, you no I, I i went to hr i told her i need some some help with that i mean I, i'm mentally scarred man i i still have nightmares that's why i started <laughs> you know having all that insight and shit going in so that's not good but yeah I, I get where you're coming from i think the another thing that brings it up is just like as a content creator, and I think as just generally as an artist, you live and die on what you're putting out there. You know, it's sometimes it's not just a money thing. It's just a sense of creativity. Like, how many people do you see work really hard to achieve a goal, for example, right? And they finally achieve that goal. There's that sense of accomplishment and that dopamine hit kicks in, right? Mm -hmm. And you're feeling great in the top of the world. Nothing could put you down, right? Mm -hmm. But you already achieved the goal. You worked all this time weeks to months to maybe even years to either get the dream job get the the the, bank, the capital get this and that but now you you hit that and you're still in your late 30s maybe or maybe even your early, mid 20s you know and there's a sort of sense of a downfall from that because now you just don't know where to go from there you know mm -hmm. either you get horribly depressed you don't know where to go you know maybe you're just not cre you're not burnt out but you can't make anything and that's probably the worst where it's just like your job is to be creative but what happens when the creativity just stops flowing right. it stops coming and going you know and i i think that that's a that's another good example right there i think that in my opinion like if it were up to me like if i if you were to ask me like where would i draw my plan would be like I want to have a legacy. I want to be known. I want to be remembered. I want people to, you know, remember me for years to come. But I also just don't want to be myself. I also want to do other projects. I want to be ahead of uh, other like 
uh, projects that I've always wanted to do with other content creators. Like I won't probably be the face of it, but I'll probably the one to support it because I want that thing to be done. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe I would start like an org or something right. like that. I, and I think that at that point, it's just that if I'm already secured capital wise, I would just do what I want to do at that point. Like, who cares if I'm no longer brand friendly or I'm not doing this and that? I could just I already secured the bag. I could just do whatever the fuck I want for the rest of my life and I don't have to worry about it. I think you have to be careful also being a, a content creator because you're obviously your life is very public. So words you say, mm-hmm. things you do are held at a higher standard um, because, well, all eyes are on You're you a public figure yeah all these eyes are yeah. on you so you can't just really even though you have that fu money uh even if you do have it you have this passion of doing content creation so let's just say a whole like you you accidentally mess up somewhere and you handle the whole <laughs> the whole uh, what do you call it the the backlash the public backlash all wrong that you start attacking people um you start going off on everything and you bomb hard you you bomb your, your your industry hard. Well, that now you're in a bad spot because like, have you been investing your money properly? Can you like live off the rest of your life with what you already made and invested? And it it, it becomes um an industry where once you get big enough, you got to be careful on how you continue your uh, your day to day life. But if you from the get go have have been toxic i guess and that's your whole brand of being toxic i guess that's okay i argue that the whole cancel thing i think it only really applies to online personalities i think like if you're generally like a person that's very a public figure and and i mean by that and like in the sense of television stuff like that i think you'll be fine um because with the internet your entire whole basis is that you want a a large number of people to like you Mm -hmm. But if you're on television, for example, you're practically guaranteed. Like, look at Ellen, for example. Like, Ellen's still around. People are still going to keep watching Ellen, even though all the shit came out of her about horribly treating her staff and stuff like that. There's always going to be a viewership. Well, but when you get canceled on Twitter, right. you're c- kind of wrapped. Like, that's it. No one wants to be a part of you. No one wants to support you. No one wants to watch you. I, I think that's probably another reason why so many people break into, like, into the music industry, you know? Like, when people try to cancel Joji because of his Filthy Frank content it's like well yeah no fucking shit that's what he does that's what he did you know with regards to ellen i think she's just a bit too big you know right because although she she did what she did she treated her her staff in not the best of ways she obviously wasn't a weinstein where you know he well weinstein just did shit criminally that's yeah that's, yeah, that, that's different thing. you see that that's a different level that i can definitely get you canceled hard um but Ellen obviously didn't do that. She obviously wasn't like the best of people. Obviously, she had she was wearing a, a a mask whenever she the cameras were on. But once in you know once the cameras were off, it was a completely different person. So that being said, I I don't think in Ellen's case it's going to be like it. Maybe she won't see um, the numbers she once saw after this whole truth came to light. However. She's still not going to be canceled, canceled because what she did was just dickish. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was just rude, you know. It wasn't not a, up. Yeah. Ups, it wasn't like wow, this is horrible. I'm never ever ever going to do anything with Ellen again. That's just like, I mean, it it sucks, but people still want Ellen for the clout chase. People still want Ellen for the um for the name because she still has a big name. I'm pretty sure Oprah has done a whole bunch of bad stuff, but no one cares about it because well, it's Oprah. Oh yeah, fuck She's her. big enough to not give a crap. Forget about fu money. They got fu publicity. As long as they don't do anything too illegal, they're fine. And honestly, or they could just get away with it. Oh, yeah, that's true. So one good thing about, I guess, um, the industry as a whole is if you like look look at look at Mr. Beast. Even Mr. Beast has haters. Uh, and Mr. Beast, I'm not saying he's he's without sin. I'm just saying what he has done thus far and how he um. Uh, all the things he's done for the good of the uh, of the people, for the, his community, for anyone who's mm-hmm. involved in this thing. Like the dude's even done what was it? A uh, tree philanthropy, <sighs> tree planting. Well, he does ph- thing like campaigns. Yeah, he does philanthropy. Yeah. He does feeding. He he has like in fact like uh, critical was talking about how like you know people are giving him shit because he was reenacting the Squid Game 
and all these fucking dumbasses coming out of the woodwork saying like, well, isn't Squid Game supposed to be a critique on capitalism? Why, right. if Mr. Beast has all this money to recreate it, why doesn't he just donate all the money? Well, let's break this down, genius. One, Netflix made Squid Game. They didn't give any money out of it. And that's supposed to be a, a comment about uh, capitalism and why it's so fucked up and it puts people in this, you know, doggy dog world. And two... Mr. Beast is making it with half, literally less than half the budget that the original show was made, and all the money that he's making from that viewership goes straight into charity, and he does philanthropy work on the side. So, right, I, I don't, you can't win, you can't win in the in the situation. People don't look at the bigger picture in the situation. They think like, oh, let me just give a donation money, and there you go, I'm instantly a void of sin. I never like it when people want to tell other people how they should be able to spend their money, unless you're doing something stupid like crack, or or you're getting into like. You know, you're just throwing money away, but it's like, don't tell other people how they should be spending their money. Wait, now, hold on now. You want- Crack is just fine. As long as your actions while you're high don't lead to harming anyone else or another animal, then that's fine. You can do crack. You can microdose crack if you feel like it. No, you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's what I'm saying. You can do that. But I'm talking about those people who are just like, why isn't this rich person giving out more money? And it's just like, well, they don't have to if they don't want to. I don't want anyone to tell me how to spend my money. That's true. I... I guess when it comes to, like, with Mr. Beast's case, people just want to hate just to hate. Because, again, like we said multiple times in this podcast, Twitter is va- is definitely the vocal minority, the loud vocal minority that's being amplified through the lens of a, I'm sorry, through the megaphone that is Twitter. And not only that, media, uh, news media just further perpetuates stuff like that whenever they see a trending tab. So if Mr. Beast gets... Trending on like number five, trending cancel Mr. Beast, and the whole argument behind it is that hey, Mr. Beast doesn't donate p- money to people. Then that's like like eh, but people will still report on it because it's still a big thing on Twitter. Um, that being said, like yeah, Mr. Beast is 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 doing his best to do well what he wants. He's got the fu money, obviously. Like if you look at his original content, he tried his best to um appease the the YouTube algorithm by using the word. The Paul brothers, you know, both their names, constantly, nonstop in his original videos, his old videos. Now he doesn't even mention their name whatsoever, um, unless it's a video really, really focusing on something that they did. So that being said, like, yeah, it's people just want to hate just to hate. It comes with the territory. It comes with the reputation. I mean, obviously. But uh, with regards to Mr. Beast, like, he's obviously made it. And he's continuing to make strides. He's continuing to make what he wants to make, which is a better community, better everything. Um, I can see why some people might hate on Elon Musk, but either way, the dude's like, he, he's trying his best to do whatever he wants to do, I guess. Uh, but people still have the, the that same mentality to... Uh, to Elon Musk as it do to Mr. Beast because Mr. Beast obviously he doesn't like he doesn't reveal how he gets his money. He doesn't want to actually because he uh, whatever his reasoning is, it's his, it's his own. But at the end of the day, like he like give the man credit, dude. Mr. Beast definitely does what he needs to do and he gets it done and he makes good content and he makes uh, he makes great content actually. Uh, I stopped watching his stuff mainly because uh, I don't really find a much of like a good amount of his stuff interesting like hold your hand on this car for like the last one to take their hand off wins this car i'm like i get it but like it's not that interesting to me you know it, it's not all my life i've always seen like mr beast is like talked about but i've never seen a single one of his videos oh well he he does a lot of that either challenges for people to do um like keep your hand on this vehicle and you'll win this vehicle yeah i know i know i've seen his thumbnails i just never seen any of his videos the way he edits his videos is very i guess it's not too original he like obviously he does it his own way but it's 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 the very i doubt he's even editing it i highly doubt he's editing his videos he himself i don't think anymore yeah no i doubt it he clearly has an editor obviously well either way like even the edits like they're, they're it's still like it's not original. What I mean by that is like it's very peppy. It's very like, hey, this is what we're doing today. Yeah, yeah, you know stuff like that. Like it, it, it's that sort of happy talk, I guess, that you're trying to bring this happy emotion, this exciting emotion with your content. It, it's it's that's what I mean by not original. I'm not saying he's he's copying anyone. I'm saying that's what that's what it is. So he obviously he makes he makes good videos. Obviously people love him just because of the person the type of person he is. But um. There's some videos I do 
like from him that I've watched before in the past. I kind of want to watch the whole Squid Game thing to see how it actually turned out. To see if this, like, like how 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 I left some Twitter mobs seething because they just want to hate, just to hate. So I just want to see what he put that money to, uh, like, to good use and where he donated it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I, I think that people who just kind of dog on people's success and they try to, like, you know, pr- you know, pounce on those sorts of people and just be like, hey, you're not as good. You're washed up. You're this and that. It just always bothered the hell out of me because it's just like, man, like you guys are, are looking at it in a, in a small scale. You guys haven't even st- got on the finish in the starting line yet. I'm already like running victory laps around you, you know. And I think that by that point, and maybe that's just something you're going to get when you get bigger and maybe want to hit a million subscribers. Um, it's not even going to be in the back of my mind because, you know, successful people, especially those without like super low self-esteem or, you know, they don't got to be trying to prove everybody that they're badasses or something. Mm-hmm. I think to them, it's just like, oh, you, you're telling me I'm washed up. Yeah. You and 50,000 people have also said that. But why well, go cash this million dollar check in or something, you know, and it's just like I, I don't think I'd really care. I would. All I'm saying is I'm trying to be in this earth to leave a legacy and hopefully to start, you know, something that at least when I'm gone and I'm six feet under and I'm nothing but warm food, I hopefully that my influence will reach to the rest of the world and something changes. I guess with regards to that mentality, I mean, why would you ever criticize Ellen? Because she got her money and therefore she can stop caring about the way she treats other people because, well, she obviously doesn't care. Like, well, not caring about what haters think versus abusing their staff is two different things. Well, no, no, no. They, they work hand in hand because obviously the haters will hate on you for treating for the way you treat your staff. And you can just be like, haters are going to hate. And you can just have that mentality and continue walking the walk, whatever walk you're, you're walking, I guess. Right, right. But I think with regards to I, I, I guess you can criticize people with success because if like they're obviously too much of anything is bad for you. So here comes an argument with like too much money, I guess, because like where like sure you can invest that money into into different projects that you would want to have. But there's a limit to how you want to benefit your company, because obviously I'm not sure if you heard of this one CEO. I think his name is uh, something price. I can't remember. I could be wrong. But this one dude where he started paying everyone at a starting salary of 70K and he took a huge pay cut just to just like his entire workforce uh it wasn't that big of a workforce but um he he let everyone start out at seventy thousand dollar salary and everyone was talking about oh your business is gonna fail because you're paying all your um you're paying a lot of money to your to your employees and you're not taking any money for yourself to invest and they say your business won't last for two years and well guess what (laughs) his business is still still going on his business is actually more successful and because of the increase of pay uh that he did hold for his entire staff uh company productivity went up um uh employee happiness went up and because of that people were able to afford better things and because of that people were happy to have the opportunity to have more kids because now they have the money to to support their their whatever lifestyle they wanted and that lifestyle was having family so at least with this guy like i'm sure he's done wrong in his past obviously no one's you know the no one's perfect no one's yeah. perfect you know the, you said something in an xbox live party when you were 12 years old canceled yeah right he, Man, he who was without sin cast the first stone right so he right. like but either way he, he is doing good by his success and by doing good thank god the world isn't that I guess corrupted that him being good to his people actually benefited him because a lot of people, well, what's this, what's the saying? Um, no good deed goes unpunished. So he did a good deed. And the only punishment he got was, uh, a small amount of backlash for the, from media. And that's really about it. But yeah, I, I think, I think leaving a legacy is what everyone wants. And I still like the phrase still exists of like, like in a lot of people's heads, like, Hey, you die twice, once where you physically die, and one when the last person ever speaks your name, that like to ever speak mm-hmm. your name, like because they kn- they've known you, and that's really it. Like, uh, that's why dudes be making t- pyramids and shit and be like, nope, no one will rem- forget me this time. That's true. That's true. That's a big ass fucking grave. Speaking about things that are grave, right? We're not talking about no pyramids schemes here or nothing in the pyramid but uh 
Final Fantasy VII Remake is in a very grave condition right now. Like most PC ports, I'm not sure if if anyone in our audience have noticed. Uh, when a game originally starts out on console and then comes over to PC uh, later, usually has a rather bad port to PC. Uh, maybe it's a coding issue. Maybe it's whatever issue. I just don't know. I just it doesn't feel like there's enough love in there. Um, I like bringing up the discussion with Dark Souls. Dark Souls on PC didn't get any love whatsoever uh, from the actual developers, and you can download this thing called uh, DSX, which can fix your, which can fix your the game because obviously at this point the uh, <laughs> the the uh, from software just so just download that, dude. Who cares? But I Final Fantasy VII Remake, I never played it. I played the original Final Fantasy VII, never completed it. But I have uh, I have seen the memes for it, and it's not something that I've ever wanted to beat. I've seen enough gameplay about it where I'm like, eh, I, I got the experience already. So did you ever f- beat a Final Fantasy game? Uh, Ten. Ten? Yeah. Okay. It's, well, I, I really like Ten because I spent so much time playing the... Uh, Oh, what's that sport called? Uh, the freaking game when you're underwater and you're playing with this ball and the goal. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that game was so brain-numbingly enjoyable that I just kept playing it. Um, I think... Wait, actually, I don't even... Blitzball. Yeah, it was called Blitzball. Blitzball, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I don't think I actually beat Final Fantasy X, but I think it's the one I got closest to beating. Not because I couldn't beat it. It's because I just stopped playing it because... I uh, either game was either scratched up too much because when I was a kid I took really bad care of my discs and I didn't know better or um something happened I can't remember but I'm pretty sure it was that discs not Did you have that uh, issue where you you when you transitioned to battle it took you forever Ugh. Yes that was that was an issue for a lot of early PS2 owners because the disc reader would always get fucked up at that point. And I was remembered by that by Johnny's video of the PS2 where he was talking about like he had to sit like a couple minutes in between battle transitions. Which is why I guess I'm happy downloading games, I guess, digitally. Especially if you have an SSD. Because things download, obviously, they load faster. I mean, granted, I'm not saying anyone should play this game. Or they should go out of the way to really, really play this game. But I've been enjoying the hell out of Fallout 76 a lot more. Because I have a PS5. And everything loads faster. Um, it's my cup of tea. I'm just surprised the game is entertaining me to this degree. But if... That's always. I think that's one of the first things everybody notices when they switch from console to PC. Everything just loads generally a lot faster. Did you see the like? I remember. Go ahead. Like, here's a good example. Uh, Sonic Generations. Oh, like that used to take yes. me like a minute to load, but now like ten seconds in, I, like even less, and I was like, "Whoa, that was fast." That's true. You do you remember the PlayStation Five uh, when they first announced the whole PlayStation Five? They they like they were showing the hardware, like what it can do. And the game that they mm-hmm. chose to, to, to show whatever they wanted to show was, um, Spider-Man, uh, and Sonic Spider-Man 2018 Spider-Man, um, where it would load like the, the, the save, the, the fast travel. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. The fast travel on PS4 would take like, what, like eight seconds, 10 seconds, but on the SSD, I have never fast traveled, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just felt like swinging around was so much fun. The only time I ever fast traveled was this, um, with uh, uh spoilers for anyone who hasn't played the 2018 Sonic Spider-Man um uh, do you remember when this 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 thing was released to the city making uh causing the whole city to go into chaos people. you know what i mean yeah. okay so yeah. i loved doing forts the little little forts that pop up and there was this one yeah. challenge that kept pissing me off that i couldn't beat because uh, er- like I, I i kept pushing myself to make it perfect and I didn't need to be perfect, but I wanted it to be perfect, and I kept messing up, and I kept restarting, restarting, restarting. And once I beat it, I said, "That's it! I finally got it!" And then I quick, I, I fast traveled to the nearest post, to the main. It was a side mission that I wanted to do, uh, and I fast traveled to that because I was pissed off of what I was trying to do because I made the game more complicated, I made the game harder than what it needed to be. So. Yeah, out of frustration, I used fast travel because I, I got impatient. So that's really it. But yeah, like honestly. I, I love the whole meme of like, oh, it makes you feel like like I'm I'm Spider Man. I'm playing a Spider Man. I've I've never got that feeling, but I like the, the how fluid it was. How it reminded me of Spider Man Two, the original Spider Man Two uh, video game. How how everything was yeah. nice and smooth. But yeah, it's people like you're gonna you're obviously gonna well, show not, off not, your SSD or your hardware using a, the current generation build on the new generation uh, or. Uh, 
a current generation game on a new generation build uh to see like hey this is how fast things load so yeah it should it's a good thing or it's like people are going to say like oh man it's so difficult to go back to like regular hard drives after getting so used to ssds um which is funny because like hopefully one day when i build a new computer i've always been curious like how much of a benefit will it be for a gaming pc if every game is installed on an ssd rather than a, a old-fashioned hard drive uh yeah uh that's that's definitely a discussion anyone will want to have to see like what are you gonna use that pc for because if you're gonna use that pc for video um uh, what do you call it for video editing like editing. once your videos are already edited sure you could have them on a hard drive but when you're doing the process of actually getting them ready and processing them you want them on an ssd because it yeah, because you, you you definitely want things to load up, especially when you have like a lot of videos and things like that. It takes a while, especially to if they compress a lot of things too. So it's it's right. it, for those who don't know the difference between HDD and SSDs. Uh, HDD stands for hard. Uh, what was it? No, HDDs. Yeah, hard disk hard drive. Hard disk drive. And uh, SSD stands for solid state. SSDs. Yeah, solid state drive. So uh, a hard drive is basically just imagine one of those old a metal disc that's constantly being written. Yeah, yeah. that's why you hear it. Right. What I wanted to compare it to was a mental visualization is those vinyl records that you can play music mm -hmm. that has a little needle coming onto it and it and it it, it sends an like you know you know you know what I'm talking about right the, those yeah I have a record record player, player yeah, that's what it was think about that. I yeah. yeah, a hard drive well, turn table, looks whatever you want to call it. Yeah, a hard drive looks exactly like that. There's an arm, a little needle, and then a disc, a little metal disc that saves things on, which is what Daniel was saying. Mm -hmm. When you hear it saving or loading something, you can hear the little winding up of it being like information being changed but on the ssd it's just code being launched back and forth without any any disk needed to be and less mechanical moving parts so there's less points of failure essentially at that point. right and one thing that solid state drives have the advantage of is that they have higher bit rates of information being exchanged so i think the playstation has like a 5000 uh like it could change like 5000 bits easily per second no problem and i think it's like super super something super crazy fast so one thing that i think the playstation has is an, an accessible um the playstation 5 at least has a uh a slot that you, like an expandable m.2 slot that you can just put in there and you can have an extra two terabytes if you wanted to so all i know is that yeah it's going to be really hard to go back to like having your system your your windows your your game launchers your games going yeah i can't imagine using a regular hard drive on your windows computer anymore like i don't know maybe it's just my computer is getting old or something but windows still takes me like a minute or two but i remember the first time when i installed windows on an ssd complete game changer absolutely fucking crazy to me i'm you know like you're, you're used to like come if you had like the shitty family computer you had to come <laughs> home turn it on go take a shit come back and then you have to put the password and leave and then come back yeah. later like this is like a complete game chase uh changer and it makes and it's really good when you have to like do something but like overclocking something you have to go back to the bios every once in yeah. a while so the fact you have an ssd oh my god it makes such a world of a difference so i such a world i've of a built difference. this pc with kenny because he obviously knows more about pc than i do and i don't feel too comfortable like i know i can do it by myself i just not i don't feel comfortable to do it it's good to have a friend to help right yeah. i'm not comfortable there like to do it by myself i feel like i can do it i just did it with him to confirm my my what i'm doing wrong and what i'm doing right for the most part i was right like what i needed to do was right but still it helped him being there so um having this ssd and going back and forth with 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 bios like with bios changing the settings in the bios and restarting things uh my pc the i think the the longest time I ever took to boot from me hitting restart was eight seconds in contrast to my old PC, which I had <laughs> Windows installed on my, my hard drive, it took 30 seconds. And I got so used to that that literally I wake up. Today I woke up. I hit the power button on my uh, on my PC. I was going to go to use the bathroom because it, it was early in the morning. And right before I hit the door, it was already on. I'm like, oh, dang. Like, I, I, I take it for granted sometimes that it loads up that quick. And... Like, I'm usually the first one to load up in a video game in, in the Call of Duty lobby. I'm the first one to load up in, in most games, really, because everyone's still on their consoles. And even consoles have, with SSDs, they don't load up as fast. Do you have those games installed? Do you have those games installed on the SSD? Yeah, I have 4 terabyte uh, okay. memory. I wonder if Warzone benefits from, from the SSD... Uh installation because I feel like that things take longer to load in Warzone, which, you know, the new Warzone map is not all that cut out to be. 
if you saw my, I think I mentioned that in the podcast in the last week's podcast where I mentioned that um, it feels like not Activision didn't properly do their checks and balances on that because man, I I fucking hated it. I, I hated this one bug um, where I said to people like I, you know like most people I I use tap to ADS because you don't want to use hold the ADS. And nothing aggravated me more when I un-ADS without even trying or when I'm running across the map and I start ADSing like random. God, that got me so fucking peeved. I'm sorry. Anyways, going back to what you're saying. Well, that's actually quite interesting that you have tap to ADS. I hate tapping to ADS because then I forget to untap. Oh, fucking uh, Yeah, no. I, I can't do hold ADS. Why would you want to put pressure on your mouse? Um, I I don't know. It doesn't change anything. There's you, It's no different from clicking versus then like holding a trigger down on your controller. Maybe it's just like a... Habit, it's a habitual thing. I guess, you know? yeah. Um, like obviously, like I still have the habit of holding, like uh, I I have the. What was it? How these Call of Duty games they have the their own. You can hit one button to prone and one button to to crouch. Oh, the hold. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still yeah. accustomed to, uh, having one button control my position, like for proning, crouching, or standing. Yeah, you press circle to crouch, and then later you hold circle to prone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two. It's two buttons now. Yeah, in PC, you can have either two buttons or one button, but I have it set to one button because it's it's something habitual, you know? It, 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 yeah, I guess why I, I understand. Call of Duty is one of those games that took me the longest to get used to switching from console to PC because it's just it was the weirdest one for all the years I used to play MW2 and um and Black Ops 1. I, I had to learn that, like, oh, yeah, this is Call of Duty. You no. Know, like every other shooter, I had no problem with. I will say, and I'll give my two cents about it with regards to um, uh, swapping over to PC, that I've obviously improved. My my gameplay has improved overall, and I'm glad it has. However, um, I can see like why aim assist is such a thing. But if you look at high level plays and players, uh, people tend to use controllers because of aim assist and how broken aim assist is. So people would connect a controller of their preferred choice, whether it be a PlayStation or an Xbox controller. Heck, if, even if it was a game controller, they would play on it, right? Um, they just connect it to their PC and they would play Warzone on it because they would get the benefits of having a PC that can run at higher frames, um, less mm-hmm. jitters. Uh, it can load in things from way further beyond than what a console can and uh the right. obviously pc has that field of view which cold call of duty cold war and vanguard now have a fov slider for console as well but for modern warfare it's still a pc thing and i don't know if warzone has it has it for for console as well i know that it was something requested last time i saw an article about that they said that Warzone is console players are still asking for an fov slide right so you have all these advantages now you're throwing a controller so you're now on pc i wonder though that's a technical limitation though that's what i was thinking too because it's like i think it has to be because you know technically speaking fov is just a convenience thing because you know you're playing on a computer monitor so you're inherently closer to the screen so when you play a game with a super low fov it makes you feel like really nauseous and really uncomfortable because like your face is really up close so that's why the fov is so low on on consoles because they expect you to be playing it on like a couch for example so right maybe that's right so imagine just having all the benefits of pc gaming now you have aim assist because you plugged in a controller there in your computer and now you have aim assist and a lot of pro players have been using controllers on their pc uh mainly to get the benefits of everything so I mean, it's up to you how you want to play. I've been comfortable with controllers. Honestly, I've played uh, Call of Duty once more on controller, and it felt weird because I couldn't flick. I couldn't move as fast because you're only limited by the um, by the speed in which... The stick. Yeah, by the stick, but not so much the stick itself, but the there's a limitation to how you can turn. Right, sensitivity, right? So on yeah. PC, you can go quick because you're only limited by the amount of mouse pad room you have. Um, but in in console you're only limited by the sensitivity rate like like what's the rate of you making full circle uh in one direction or the other right but yeah I, I i honestly play what you want i don't care just don't play uh on nintendo systems because they're they're inferior please <laughs> I'm assuming that those games even released on nintendo consoles in the first place but i'll tell you one thing i've been uh enjoyingly playing and now you guys can't play it uh i've been really enjoying uh Endwalker. I've been, you know, I've been slobbing on Square Enix's knob for a bit because this expansion has been fantastic. In fact, it's so fantastic that Square Enix is now suffering from success. Yoshi P is 
legitimately like that DJ Khaled album where he's suffering from success. We've our where, co- our whole podcast has come full circle. We're talking about securing the bag, being successful, so everyone else can be successful. And now here we go, Yoshi uh-huh. P. He secured the bag. Now he doesn't need advertisements. Now he doesn't need to have the game out anymore. No one else can buy the game now. He's successful. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, so what I'm talking about, I'm pretty sure you guys know, if you guys have been keeping track of anything about Final Fantasy XIV lately, uh, 14 is kind of congested right now. There's a lot of players right now because, you know, with the big hype, a lot of people transitioning over from WoW to 14, a lot of WoW refugees, a lot of people because of Gold stream, and with the fact that they released a very, very, very... Uh, what's the word I want to use, a very generous free trial, a lot of people also have gotten uh, into Final Fantasy XIV that way. Actually, I'm legitimately curious. I don't know anybody's actually started playing XIV through the free trial yet, but I'm sure there there is. Um, but uh, yeah, Square Enix is responding to the massive congestion, and because these massive congestion players are having a hard time getting into the game because the queue times are so big. Like, in my case, for example, the only way I could play Final Fantasy XIV is when I get home from work early in the morning when I'm dead fucking tired because the queue times are almost not. Yeah, the queue times are for like, like and- queue times are about an hour to four hours even. Like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's assuming that you can even get through the queue because there's that error code, error 2002, which is really funny because they found out what was the cause of the bug, and apparently it is a bug from Final Fantasy XIV's 1.0 launch. So the curse of 1.0 still exists even years later. Yoshi P. sweating. He's just sweating. He's like, my arch nemesis returns. (laughs) Man, this new anime arc is going to get fucking crazy, dude. Um so yeah, Final Fantasy XIV is officially pulled off of store shelves. Uh, you can't buy the game if you can't buy the start edition. You can't buy the complete the edition. Trial. You can't play the free trial. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that meme is officially dead. I can't, you know, bother Marcos and Kenny anymore to play it. But when it comes back, though, lo and behold, I'm I'm gonna bother the shit out of Marcos and Kenny to give the free trial a shot. But, uh, yeah, you can't get the free trial anymore. And free trial players are now only, <laughs> I hate to say this, segregated to only play at certain times, mm-hmm. which I'm not that bothered by because, yeah, if I'm a, if I'm a paying member, uh, I would definitely want to have a little bit more priority to be able to play my fucking game I'm paying for. Which, that's another thing, though. Uh, Final Fantasy, the, because of the, the large queue times, though, Yoshi P has even stated that they're extending the game time. Yeah. From seven days to an additional 14 yeah. days now because he just doesn't feel right about charging people money for not being able to play a game, which nothing but mad props. And I thought about this the other day, too. It's like, you know, so many companies release these games that are buggy, broken pieces of shit and they're unplayable. And then they just sort of say, oh, yeah, we know that we released the game at a buggy piece of shit and you spend your $60 on it. But don't worry, guys, we're going to be fixing it for years to come. And it's like. Well, why don't you just pull the game, fix it, and then release it later? Wouldn't that be a faster way to do it? No. I mean, like, the last game I, I saw do that was Batman uh, Arkham Knight. What was that, Marcus? No, because you, you'll be pissing off the investors. Oh, yeah, obviously. No fucking shit. But, like, you know, how the hell is, like, you know, Square Enix investors going to be like, hey, guys, remember that successful MMO we've been doing? We're making a shitload of money? Yeah, we're not selling it anymore. We're, we're just not going to, like, make any money off of it. Oh, by the way, all those advertisers we spent money on? Yeah. Don't even do it anymore. Quick question, Daniel. Cancel Quick question that. about Final Fantasy fourteen. Is this a cue just mm-hmm. to play Endwalker, or is this a cue for anything involving Final Fantasy fourteen? No, it's the entire mm-hmm. game. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that that yeah, to clarify what that means, Marcos, when I say Endwalker, I'm talking about because I'm doing Endwalker content. I don't know how WoW does it. From what I can understand, ever since Cataclysm, they, they changed a lot of yeah. things that they add and remove stuff. Like, that's from what I've always got. Like, I watch Mad Season show a lot on YouTube. And even though I don't give a fuck about playing World of Warcraft, I love watching his WoW content. Um, he talks about how, like, content gets removed all the time uh, in World of Warcraft, either because of the Cataclysm update or this and that. When you're playing through Final Fantasy XIV, it's still, like, a Final Fantasy game first and an MMO second. So you play a story through a Rumorborn, post-Rumorborn, Heavensward, post-Heavensward, Stormblood, and so on and so on. That's how what it means, is that you can't get into the actual game whatsoever. When I say Endwalker, I'm talking about I'm just playing through Endwalker's MSQ okay. right now, which is fucking nutty. Holy shit. Well, obviously, Yoshi P has been hit with a struck, streak of luck as well. I'm not saying that um, this success isn't warranted by his hard work and his team's hard work. Obviously, given uh, the the whole nonsense when it comes to like, hey, when you think about MMOs, when you think about people normally go to like World of Warcraft or RuneScape uh, mm-hmm. because... Or new world, right? So, um, one thing that definitely helped 
uh, Final Fantasy XIV was obviously the whole debacle with the whole uh, uh, Warcraft Reforged uh, and just their expansions not being up to like up to par. Uh, devs not really really making the game what it used to be. Well, WoW and WoW Three are two separate games. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I understand it's the same company. Yeah, right. I but it's still it, it's still the, the message is being put out there that like hey like blizzard doesn't seem to care this much about feedback and then not only that uh blizzard being sued by and investigated uh yeah we right. all know right so right. all that led a huge migration over to like hey how can we say sheet our our you know our mmo our wants or mmo craves a lot of people went back to runescape because obviously a lot of people started off with runescape i mean technically now since final fantasy 14 free trial isn't the thing i might go back to runescape until it comes out because I, I got a lot of friends who play runescape still um both old school and new school so uh and obviously new world still not being like the potential for new world is there but it's not ready to tackle on the 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 giants the juggernauts, the juggernauts that are uh ff14 and and wow but it has potential. So now all these people are flocking to Final Fantasy XIV, and they've been enjoying not only the the very, very, very friendly uh, free trial, which is the whole part of the meme, because if you compare the free trial to, like, com- if you compare FF14's free trial to, to WoW's, it's literally, like, it's not comparable. WoW's is, is pathetic. No. It's honestly just, it, it just gives you a little taste. But Final Fantasy XIV gives you a lot of time, and it really puts you to question, like, hey, should I continue playing this game, even though I've, I've, I've progressed so much? And, like, should I? Like, it, it's more convincing. So I think it's a more gauging of, like, if you are or not going to get into an MMO. It gives you better experience, like, yeah. A, a better gauge, right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. A lot of people have said, like, I think it's common knowledge. And I'm not, you know, I hate to be in the camp that says, like, oh, wait did you get to Heaven's Word? You know, Rumborn kind of yeah. sucks. It's like, I wouldn't. I, I don't want to be like that because the way I look is like, yeah, Rumorborn is slow because it needs to get you from level 1 to level 50, and it needs to give you a story up to that point, and it needs to recap everything from 1.0, and then they have to tell its own story, which it does. I think that once it's st- the story gets going, it's very simple, and you know, thankfully they got rid of a lot of the fetching bitch quests and shit like that, right? It's fairly easy to get through, but I think everybody could agree that like by the time you get to Heavens where it's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm invested. I am 100% invested. Right, it. and the fact you don't got to put in any money into it is pretty nutty to me. As someone who got into the game buying Heaven's Ward, that's crazy to me. I will say though, um, in the past, Final Fantasy XIV's uh, free trial was very comparable to WoW's, where it wasn't because it was just only fourteen days. Yeah, yeah it was it's... very like, eh. But now, obviously, like it, it, it's not. It's it's a good positive. So this obviously is really pushing any other people who are interested in making an MMO game uh, that, hey, this is how they're doing it right. And at least Yoshi P is very, very vocal about what he's thinking, about what he wants for the game, what he wants for his team. So, like, you can tell that... And for his players. Right, and for his players. Um, but you can tell that, hey, like, we had to delay because this is what we needed to do. And if you compare that to Cyberpunk 2077, when they said, hey... I'm sorry to tell you all this, but we need a delay because we like we need to iron out some kinks here and there. And I'm sorry, but like we want this to be the best game that you want. Obviously, we're not talking about the the end product. We're just talking about the messaging, right? Uh, a lot of people were sending death threats to some devs, even. Um, obviously, these were the minority, but people some people were, were a little bit soured out because like, hey, I took this time off and I can't change it because it would look bad. Like it's it's not possible. So people were like treating. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 a whole lot differently compared to Endwalker when it was delayed. But I mean, at least it's we're happy that it got delayed. Endwalker seems to be like an amazing expansion. I think it just also it just I think it also changed the fact that like. You know, yeah, and Walker got delayed, you know, a couple, admittedly, though, a couple weeks. I remember being really excited for, I think it was going to be in November, and I was really excited. Grant didn't take any time off. I remember I was, like, really, really looking forward to it. And, you know, when Yoshi P got on camera, he started crying and shit, and he was just like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I know you guys asked for time off and blah, 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 blah. Um, You know, I think most people are kind of like, oh, yeah, you could totally understand, Yoshi P, because you've been making the best MMO up to this point. Like, yeah, of course, stick your time, boss. Like, yeah, it sucks. So I have to deal with, like, getting my time, you know, fixed and shit like that, but... I can understand that because, you know, we believe you. We trust in you, you know? Yeah. And that's, I'm glad the community didn't hound on him uh, because the, at the end of the end product is still, well, uh, so was there. would you say you'll be 
curious about giving the free trial a shot once it comes back? I've always wanted to. It's just my dumb brain works weirdly because I can go either mm-hmm. for like for a whole month. I can just play one game and one game only. And if I play any of the games outside of it, I feel weird. But that's how I feel about Endwalker. I tried to play Halo Infinite. I was like, this is not what I want to play. This is me with most games. This is the that this is the definition of rebound sex. The only thing that I can always come back on, ironically enough, is Fallout seventy six because it's a it's not a hard game. It's a game that uh, you can mm-hmm. go brain dead to it once you reach at a certain level, and you're fine. So once you're there, like I'm happy with just like if I'm getting bored of playing a specific game, I'll just go back to Red Dead Redemption online, Red Dead Redemption two online, and just hunt, just do whatever, or going back to Fallout seventy six and just do my dailies, and then it's just that's it. Or just read manga. I get you. It's, yeah. it, it, right, right now, right now, that's just the only thing on my mind is like all I want to play is N fourteen right now, and, and that's the thing though. Like N Walker's content, you've asked anybody like, yeah, the key time sucked, the server congestion sucks, but when you get to the content, like, is it good? Like, yeah, fuck yeah, it's amazing. And I'm like, okay, cool, then it's worth it. You know, it was like a <laughs> trying to get in the ride on Disney World. Yeah. You know, without the fucking genie app and having to get oh like gosh. twelve different. We need to we need to do an episode quickly about that because that thing's a scam. Uh, I just what the fast pass? No, the new genie thing. Cause uh, yeah, this episode's gone on long enough already. It's been over now. Yeah, let's let's wrap. But yeah, I know what the defunct. Yeah, basically watch the defunct land episode. It's phenomenal. It goes for an hour and like forty minutes and explain like why the fast pass system is fucked. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think we should go ahead and wrap, guys. Uh, thank you so much for watching or listening to the DKM podcast. If you haven't yet, go ahead and join our Discord server. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. As you guys know, you can watch, uh, listen to us on any streaming services like Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Anchor. Um, I think that's all we got to say. Stay safe. Take care. Until next time. See you later.